Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Gambling with an Edge. And now, here are Bob and Richard. Welcome to Gambling with an Edge. I'm Bob Dancer. And I'm Richard Munchkin. Our guest today is Colin Jones. He is the head of Blackjack Apprenticeship, one of our sponsors, and a blackjack player and a blackjack teacher. Colin Jones, welcome to Gambling with an Edge. Thanks for having me on again. It's our pleasure. As we tape this, you have just finished a midweek boot camp. Are midweek boot camps any different than weekend boot camps, and how did it go? Uh, no, it's not really any different. Um, I thought it went really well. Um, basically, we were going to do a boot camp in April and a boot camp in May, and both of those had to be canceled because of COVID. So there was this kind of backlog of people wanting to do a boot camp. And so when uh, things opened up again and coronavirus seemed to be, you know, down quite a bit, we did a boot camp in June. And I thought, who knows what the fall is going to look like? Let's just crank through these boot camps in June. I'll just do two in one week, get everybody that wants to get trained, trained up. And uh, so we did this kind of two in one week. So we're doing another boot camp the next two days, but or you know, as of recording right now, and the midweek one we just finished. Whether I'll do it again or not, um, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of a lot to juggle, um, but you know, there was no reason not to do it again. I just don't know if there were, you know, hopefully we don't have any more pandemics in the future. So, well, I'm, this is I'm, it. I'm curious about that because um, sort of more pertinent than midweek, I think, is the fact that coronavirus is spiking here in Nevada. And and yeah. how did you deal with that? And were there any concerns about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, yeah, it was it was actually pretty stressful to, to try to figure it out. And like I said, when I planned it, this was we did one in June and, you know, things were the opposite of spiking. And kind of the thought was, oh, if it's if it's like the flu, it 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 might not go away, but it'll weaken during the summer. And so I thought, let's just do this. Let's do these in in the summer and get them done with. And then start spiking again. And I'm checking the the governor's Twitter feed every day, you know, to see if things are closing again. And I actually sent out and I touched base with every person attending and just said, hey, you know, um, we're going to be socially distancing. We're going to be wearing masks. Um, if you have any concerns whatsoever. You know, I'll gladly refund you. Um, and if you are at risk or going to be 
you know, go back home to anyone at risk. Please cancel. We'll get you to another one. Um, we did smaller groups than I've done in like five years. Um, so we, we, you know, tried to do everything we could to be safe and people were really understanding of that. Um, and it, it went well, but yeah, these are very odd times that, I, you know, I'm, I'm used to being a, a blackjack expert, not a, uh, you know, contagious disease expert, but we're doing what we can. Right. Now you have helpers. A key part of this is you have working pros coming in and helping you with the boot camp. So now instead of them being here two days for your boot camp, you had them be here five or six days with a uh, with a break in the middle. And was that logistically um, tough to get done, or was that no problem? Um. Some of the people, they were cool with it, you know, yeah, a boot camp is two days, but we normally hang out for four or five days anyway. Um, you know, maybe I'll record some, some, uh, podcasts or videos with, with the guys or even just hang out. And half the time, you know, my wife comes down and, and, you know, maybe once a year I bring all the kids down to swim in the pool. So they're down here too. So it's, we're just, you know, making the most of it. Um, and then there's a little bit of juggling people, some some pros that, you know, someone dropped out of being able to help out midweek because some play showed up and he's like, I can't miss it. So I get that. And uh, actually, a couple of people had some opportunity that, that they couldn't miss. But uh, the pros are really generous with their time. So we we figured it out. All right. You mentioned interviews. I have heard rumors. Don't know if it's true that you're going to interview this guy named Richard somebody. Is this true? And when's that going to happen? Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, I asked him and he, he said yes. And I've been compiling a list of questions and uh, it it got a little out of hand on our forum. There's there's, you know, over 50 comments in there. And it's like, I got to whittle this down so I'm not wasting his time. But uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And this Richard guy is Richard Munchkin. Yes, that's that, that's correct. <laughs> And you don't want to waste an interview with Richard Munchkin, so I'm trying to get it put together properly. <laughs> do we do we have a an approximate date for that yet? I don't because I'm. Uh... No, uh, let me let I me mean, get through this weekend's boot camp, and then and then. Not I'm, that I'm really uh, at your disposal. Yeah, not not that I'm really tied up with anything at the uh, at the moment. So. Yeah, I'd so like will to this be a, So the, are these interviews? Available to members only on your site, or will they be available to the public? Yeah, it's really up to the interviewee. Some people, you know, things they share, they say, we don't, I don't want this public. Uh, other people are, are fine with it being, you know, throw it on iTunes and all that stuff. So given that we're announcing this to the public, presumably this one will be available to the public. Yeah, that's a, that's up to Richard, but but I'd love it if he's up for a public one like like we did a number of years ago. Yeah, sure, of All course. Right. Yep. Very good. So, uh, normally Richard and I ask um, answer our mailbag. So one of the things we thought we'd do is look at blackjack questions that we have gotten re- recently and ask them as a three way roundtable, other than um rather than two-way. And as I of the three of us, I am the least knowledgeable in blackjack. I will basically just serve here as an MC and let Richard and Colin jump in there. All right, the first question is, 
My home casino hits soft 17 on lower limit tables and stays on higher limit tables. About once a session, I experience a dealer showing a soft 17 and starting to draw a card before realizing which table he's on. They usually show a portion of that card before putting it back. If I see an ace or a face, how much could I realistically expect a bet? Expect to bet without drawing heat or getting the dealer in trouble. I'm a recreational player who plays between 50 and 150 a hand. Thank you. Well, um, I'd love to hear Richard's answer. I guess I would say, you know, if you know you're going to get a 10, that's about a 12% edge. A 10 is your first card, and an ace is your first card is roughly a 50% edge. So, you know, this is many multiples more valuable than the highest true count you're ever going to see. So if it were me, I would at a minimum put my top bet out there, but probably more than that uh, because it's just so valuable. If you can get one of those an hour, you know, that's probably going to be more valuable than the entire hour of card counting. Um, but you also said you're a recreational player betting 50 to 150 a hand. So that doesn't really sound even like a positive EV bet spread. If you're more interested in just not getting backed off, then I guess you just need to decide how much you're willing to throw out there. You know, I, I would at least put a top bet out there. I don't see if you're betting 150 already, why not put it out there when you know you're getting something much more valuable than, you know, a true 10 that, that's what I would, you know, I can't imagine much heat for that. What do, what do you think, Richard? Um, well, I, first of all, I think it entirely depends on the place that you're in, right? If you're in a place like the Gold Coast uh, and you raise your bet $50, it may cause them to shuffle or something. So, um, it, so a lot of it depends on the place you're in. But um, also, I agree with Colin. It sounds like um, you're not a card counter. So you might be able to get away with betting as much as you want to bet uh, if you're comfortable betting that much, right? Because they know you're not a card counter. So if you just shove in all the chips you have in front of you and say, I'm all in, stand up like you're going to leave if you lose the hand, um, you know, then I, I might try that. It, and But you have to be willing to lose that bet. Even when you have a 50% edge on that ace, you know, you're going to lose that bet a large percentage of the time. And, you know, are you comfortable doubling down on, you know, when you get an ace-deuce versus a six or something for that amount? So I would bet as much as you are comfortable betting and um, and probably not worried about getting barred because you probably have a long history of being a losing player in that casino. Now, you mentioned all your chips in. There's a solo... There's a lot of ace hands where you do double down uh, or you split aces. Um, so did you really mean all in or half your half your chips at most? No, I mean, I would when on times when I wanted to make a huge bet as much as I could bet, uh, I would literally shove all my chips in and stand up as if I was going to leave the table, even though my intention was no matter win or lose, I'm going to sit back down and and keep playing. So if I get a double down or a split, I'm going to reach in my pocket and get cash and, and buy in to cover the double or the split. Okay. Next question. Suppose you have less than $10,000 worth of chips on the table when you get backed off in Nevada. And you refuse to cash the chips because you refuse to sign a trespass form. 
What would be the likely outcome if you take the chips and a video of the incident to small claims court, representing yourself to sue the casino for refusing to honor the chips? Um, I, I, I don't think I'd ever uh, take a... I, I would just say it's not difficult to cast chips after the fact. You can just walk out. You can come back on a different session, cash out a few thousand at a time, get a friend to cash them out, sell them to another AP. I mean, I feel like Richard's kind of answered this before on, on a mailbag, unless there's something more that you guys have to add. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, first of all, uh, if they're coming to 86U, I wouldn't be cashing out chips. I would be leaving as quickly <laughs> as I can get out the door. So... Yeah, uh, but but if you really want to get the chips cashed, you can just call gaming because they have to cash your chips. Now, whether they can force you to sign an 86 thing, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you can always call Bob Nersessian and he'll come down there and, and make them cash your chips for you. But then you're going to pay a bunch of money, uh, you know, to him for that service. I mean, but the easiest way is. Get out as quickly as possible. You shouldn't be cashing your chips anyway. And as Colin said, they're easy to cash later, either by yourself or other people. And what is the big deal about whether or not you sign a trespass form or you don't sign a trespass form? Is that just giving up your ID, which, which surely you have to give up your ID to go to small claims court? Well, first of all... I, they're stupid because you don't have to sign any. They can 86 you without you signing anything. If they read uh -huh. you the uh -huh. Trespass Act, you're 86. So, um, you know, it's just dumb on their part. That's just kind of a power play thing. Yeah, I, I feel like I answer this every week that someone says, oh, they, they made me show ID. And no, they, they didn't make you show ID. They talked you into it or they <laughs> made me sign something. You, you didn't need to. I, I've signed the paper once, and it was because we had – a flight to catch uh, and one hundred and forty thousand dollars in chips at a tribal casino, and and they, you know, it was like whatever. I'll give I'll, I'll give you my ID if if it gets us our cash. Uh, it's the only time I've ever done it. Um, otherwise, just walk out. Just walk out of there. Uh, I don't let them intimidate you. Yeah, I've never signed uh, a trespass uh, uh -huh. form. All right. Somebody says they put in two hours of seat time in a casino in Tunica recently. He's been flyer, backed off, and banned several times there over the past five years, but the previous time was eight months ago. Yesterday, he was playing at a, a casino there. He had not given their name or shown any ID. After 10 minutes, somebody comes up and says, Hi, Sam, you can't play here. Furthermore, he had a mask on 90% of the time. Player is wondering if they have some sort of facial recognition at that casino. Any, I doubt any it. Thoughts? I doubt it. <laughs> um, first of all, wearing a mask 90% of the time doesn't help you because, you know, they can go back on the tape and look at any frame from the time you arrived. So if you pulled that mask down for one second, they can freeze it on that shot and look at your face. My guess is that somebody just recognized your face. Yeah, I think it could be that, or there could be some other distinguishing characteristic if you're wearing the exact same hat and mask. Um, you know, I actually just talked to someone this weekend um, that he's in town playing, and he got backed off from one casino that's part of a chain, went to another casino that's part of the same chain, wearing the exact same hat and mask. 
And, uh, you know, got backed off in 10 minutes. It was like, well, yeah, you know, if they had a bolo, then, then, you know, you, you still stand out regardless of, of having a mask on, or it could be a license plate. Some casinos have the license plate scanners. Um, but I guess those are my, my main thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I've said many times, don't park where you're going to play. And I mean, I think I've said this on the air. If not, I should have many, many times. Anytime you get backed off, that hat goes in the trash. Yeah. You know, you'd never wear that hat again. And I would say, um, if you're, if you wear, uh, like T-shirts with band names or something like that on them. Well, the same applies for that. You can never wear that shirt again in a casino because it, sometimes it's hard to recognize somebody's face. It's it's not hard to recognize an ACDC T-shirt. Yeah, good point. And I found that masks um, aren't that good of a disguise. When I'm in a uh, casino, I haven't. Uh, I played late night at South Point during this virus. And I know all the casino employees. Uh, and they're all wearing masks, but I know who they are. And so uh, yeah, if you're if, thinking of a mask as a, tremend, or is a tremendous disguise, uh, think again. Yeah, if you're in a place where they know you really well, then you know people are going to recognize you from the back and from your walk. And the way you hold your head and your arm, I, I mean, but if if you're in a place where some guy's looking at a flyer that was sent out from, you know, the neighboring state, well, then, yes, a mask is going to help you there, but not in a place where they know you really well. I actually asked this to, uh, I don't want to say their name, but a, a very, very well-known AP, um, been playing for a long time, and, and I said, has the mask thing helped? And and uh, they said, well, some casinos where I generally get backed off really quickly, I've actually gotten a couple hours in. Other places back me off by name, even though I'm wearing the mask. Yeah. Okay. Another player is worried about casinos capturing their cell phone data and using that to identify them. Do you think there's anything to this? Uh, that they're somehow getting like, like hacking the phone. I don't think that's happening. I think you need to be careful if you're texting someone, uh, you know, they can zoom in on that screen. So you either need to use the phone in the bathroom or, you know, away from cameras, or you need to be constantly moving so they can't get a straight shot. You know, you could, you could text while moving, you know, uh, while, while texting, they're not gonna be able to get, get in on that, but I don't think they're, you know, hacking your data. Yeah, I wouldn't. That that sounds pretty paranoid to me. And it would probably be illegal as well. So uh, yeah. that that and and, you know, casinos are not known to be the, the brightest uh, bulbs in the sign, you know, so I that seems a little beyond their 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 abilities. Uh. OK, a player was backed off from three casinos two years ago, has not played since. He used a player's card back three years and more ago. Wants to know if his name is permanently unclean, and will he be known to other casinos other than the ones where he was backed off? Is there ever a time his name will be clean again? I'd actually love to hear Richard's answer. 
Well, it, it, if they put you in OSN or one of the other databases, then no, you're, you're, that name is dead. So, because what happens is you go into a new casino and if you're going to give them your name again, you made that mistake already, but if you were for some reason going to give them your name again, well, they just type in your name and then it pops up and, and says, oh yeah, he's a card counter or whatever. So, so my answer is no, that name is no longer clean. And, uh, you know, if, if I, and, and just don't give them your name, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't use a player's card. Don't play as a refusal. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you want to be a professional about it. Now, I mean, there are, of course, some exceptions, right? So let's say your name is really generic, like John Smith. Well, you might be able to get away if you change your address and, you know, get a little dyslexic with your birthday. You might be able to get away with, you know, uh, using that name, but, it, but, not if you're going to try to count cards or do something that they may get suspicious of you anyway. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think there's always exceptions to the rule. I, I can think of some pretty incredible sessions that, that we've played with our players card at casinos we've been backed off from. Uh, you know, I can think of a high limit session uh, at, at a, a well-known property where I'd been backed off there before and I just, I was there and I, just went for it, and then they asked for ID, and I ended up giving it to them. They printed out a new player's card for me of the same same club. <laughs> uh, I remember Ben having some $20,000 win at, at Caesars Palace where he'd been trespassed before, and he played rated with his card. He just went for it because once he was over 10000 he just decided to you know, go for it. But those are the exceptions to the rule. Right, and you may play in a place that doesn't have a database where you're not listed, yes. so you would, you know, maybe get uh, some play in in there. All right, so we're going to do some commercials now, and then there is somebody who has just shown up in with Colin, and we are going to ask him some questions when we return from commercials. The South Point has more than 10,000 games, returning more than 99%. This is more than anyone else has. In, in August, the promotion is half-price Walmart gift cards. What that means is you play enough to earn $25 in slot points, which would be $8,333, coin in. And you redeem that at the casino, and they will give you a $50 Walmart card. Uh, so instead of the .3 slot club, it has now become .6. There's a limit of 10 of these cards per month. They run this promotion once a year. Uh, they vary in which which uh, cards you get. Sometimes it's Walmart. Sometimes it's Chevron. Sometimes it's Amazon, etc. If you like this promotion, and a lot of people do, I recommend you play early in the month. There is no telling if the casinos will be open all month. Uh, the governor can shut casinos down. It would surprise no one if that happened. All right. At predicted.org, it is a place where you can play small bets on a variety of political situations, such as who the vice presidents are going, is going to be, whose 
uh, going to win the election in various states. A lot of these are you can compound them. So sometimes they might have uh, several ways to bet on the same event that are like 90 percent correlated. And so if you have a strong feeling on something, you can get more than the minimum number of down. Uh, our listeners receive a one-time offer of a deposit match up to $20 at predicted.org slash promo slash edge. You must play the money through once. Cannot withdraw it for 30 days. We talk about another one of our sponsors is blackjackapprenticeship.com. We've been talking about them all day. So uh, we're going to stiff them this week. They get no commercial. That sounds good. At, at videopoker.com, it's the best place to play lots of games. If you sign up for the gold membership, $8.95 a month or $79.95 a year, this allows you to get correction on most of the game. The game of the week is Hot Roll Poker. This is a 10 coins per line game where one time in six you get a multiplier and the value of the multiplier is determined by a pair of virtual dice. If the dice roll a two and a five, for example, you'll receive a seven X multiplier. This is an exactly fair game. It does not add any EV, uh, does not affect your strategy changes. All it does is affects your variance. And when you, um, Get the 12x multiplier. That's the time to pray for Royal as though you're not doing it the rest of the time. Um, very good. So we are back to uh, Colin Jones. And Colin, you say there's somebody else in the room with you. Will you introduce that person, please? Yeah. So we've got Levi Mitch here with me. Levi Mitch, uh, he can tell his own story, but uh, I've known him for about five years. And he started out... The first time I met him was at a boot camp, and then he has helped uh, helped us out at quite a few. So, Levi, Mitch, welcome to Gambling with an Edge. Thanks, guys. How's it going? Good. So, how long have you been playing, and how did you get started? Well, uh, I think it's been almost six years now. Um, I watched the movie 21. Here, let me back up a little bit before that, even. Um, I grew up in uh, Michigan, so... Hence the Levi Mitch part of my name to give it away. But uh, there's some 18 and up casinos there. Uh, I never had an interest in gambling or anything like that, but uh, my brother drug me to the casino one time. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll go. And uh, I, knew, I didn't have money or anything like that. I worked like a fast food job part time. and uh, But I still thought it was fun to go with my brother sometimes. And then me and my friends started going all the time, you know, gambling $20 here or there on the slot machine or and then uh one day my brother showed me how to play blackjack and he gave me 20 bucks and was like just sit down so after that i kind of got hooked and then a couple months later i watched the movie 21 and then uh i remember googling is it really possible to count cards and then i was on my phone laying in bed till like seven in the morning reading about counting cards and so i remember calling my friend the next day saying uh like, hey, dude, we're going to be rich. Uh, <laughs> I just found out you can actually count cards. And, and he goes, how much do you think we're going to need to start? I was like, uh, I think like $100. <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh, introduction to blackjack pretty much. And, well, and so what happened? I mean, did you buy a book and and 
did you really start with a hundred dollars? I had a hundred and then I lost it and then I haven't played since then. I just kind of like <laughs> learn basic strategy and I help out with Colin sometimes. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> I ended up, uh, I would read anything I could get my hands on. I didn't have money for like a blackjack apprenticeship membership or anything like that. Uh, but I would go through like all the old forum posts that I could find online. Um, and then I did find some, like, I, I found, uh, Colin's documentary, The Holy Rollers on, on Netflix. And, uh, really any content there was, I would just eat it up, any, any free content. And then, uh, I ended up saving up for a blackjack apprenticeship membership, uh, several years ago. And then I got on Colin's forum there and, and, uh, I would email him questions like every single day. <laughs> like, well, if the N0 is this on this game, then what, what if I'm playing this game too at the same time? But then how do I? And he was like, I, I, I'm grateful that he was so receptive of my, uh, of my bothering him. I don't know, but, uh, he was very helpful to me and, uh, the people there just made it like really, really clear for me going forward. And that was really encouraging. I was also like 18 when I was emailing him. Okay, but what I'm trying to get to is you you apparently started by taking out a cash advance on your credit card. Is that true? Yes. So, um, what, so yeah, tell us <laughs> how much did you take out and how did you start? So, so I like I had a pretty I was lucky to have a massive credit limit of about fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, so. I, I was, I mean, I was working a fast food job and I was like teaching guitar lessons here and there. Um, and I remember like when I, when I plugged in the data, I mean, I guess I didn't have CVCX at the time, but I, after emailing Colin all day, uh, he would give me some spreads and, and what the, tell me what the risk was and everything. And so I figured, you know, like going one hand to five and staying out of negatives and maxing out at like two hands of a quarter. At true six, then I could get my risk down to like seven percent. So, <laughs> with what earn rate? I mean, What's your hourly earn rate with that spread? Oh, it was it was good. It was like seven dollars an hour. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I was making after taxes anyway. So I'm like, okay, I have a shot at, I you know, I can go to the casino as much as I possibly can. I have a shot at making. And I had another game too that was a little bit better, probably like 11 bucks an hour with like fast dealers. So maybe even like 15, but, um, so I was like, if I have a 7% chance of failing, if I, if I play perfectly, I, I mean, I know there's other <laughs> things that go into it, but, uh, anyway, if I had, you know, I figured what do I have to lose? Like worst case scenario, I have to pay 30 bucks a month on this credit card for a few years and I, and I tried something cool. What happened? I won. Uh, well, I lost 900 of it. And then <laughs> on that last 300, I didn't realize I was playing like a 25% risk game, but I, I had like a $900 winning session. And then I consulted you and you were like, yeah, you shouldn't have played that. And, uh, <laughs> but, but the rest was history. Um, I mean, I made money and, uh, I ended up, I ended up, uh, meeting somebody with like a small bankroll, b- bigger than mine, of course, but, I bought a car with with my winnings off of that uh, credit, and then uh, yeah, I just built my bankroll from there, and like that's pretty and, much it. And where are you at now? Uh, I have I'm inactive as far as blackjack goes for the most part. Uh, I'm doing like other AP stuff in general, um, all across the board. But 
So you card counting um, brought you as an entree into other forms of advantage play. Yeah, definitely. But uh, where does and, your for our readers who or for our listeners who uh, you know are listening to you starting with this fifteen hundred dollar line of credit? Um, where does your bankroll uh, basically stand today? Uh, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to give us an exact number. I'm just, uh, you know, give us a neighborhood over six figures, right? Uh, yeah, six figures. Um, I'm not, yeah, I mean, I, the stuff I do now, I don't need a massive bankroll for, generally speaking. But, um, yeah, blackjack, I made six figures in blackjack before this. And you've made six figures with... What you've been doing but, since. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has occurred to me that you must have had a cousin who lived in Washington. And so like you, instead of Levi Mitch, he was Levi Wash. And that started the pre-wash jeans fad. And it's all because of blackjack playing. I did not know this before. And it has just occurred to me while I listened to your story. Yeah. <laughs> I, in no way am I putting down your $7 an hour. I... When you started, I definitely was uh, my first couple of years in Vegas as a video poker scrounger. Uh, if I could find a $10 an hour game, I was in hog heaven. And uh, and it you put in enough hours at those low level games, minimum wage games, so to speak. And it definitely pays off if you um, it helps to get lucky somewhere along the way. If you well, had, I'll, so, I'll say, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask if you had lost the fifteen hundred, do you think you would have continued, or would you have given it up as well? That was fun, but now I'm going back to my life. Uh, I don't think I could have given it up. Ah. I'll, I'll say this about about Levi Mitch. Um, we were talking last night, and he, I mean, he was he was really committed when he, when he was eighteen years old, and and you know, teaching himself, he would spend endless hours training until he was perfect. And then he just had that same level of commitment to putting in the hours. He says, you know, yeah, he was over, over betting initially, but he grinded and grew that bankroll. And then when he teamed up with someone, which is another person that helps out uh, uh, with boot camps quite often, they hit the road hard. And then, you know, and they, they did it. They, they grew from, you know, from a, a four-figure bankroll to a five-figure bankroll to a six-figure bankroll to, uh, you know, having success uh, at blackjack and other games. So um, when he comes and trains people, you know, he's one of the best trainers I've seen. And so he can be a little bit modest about <laughs> about his early days, but uh, he is not a uh, uh, a timid advantage player. So what does that mean? You You like to shove it out. I, yeah. I mean, I like to make money, so I guess whatever that. <laughs> I, I think he's re- reluctant to talk about his his level of success for for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, which I could understand with what you know. I think in the same same way as you are, Richard, talking about games, but uh, but um, yeah, he's he's been successful at blackjack and a lot of other games. Well, Richard will be very open with telling you about all his gambling success during the pandemic. I'm pretty sure he will give you straight answers. Um, 100% accurate. Uh, but Colin, what percentage would you say of the value of boot camp 
come from meeting people like Levi Mitch and uh, Joe and Semi-Pro and the other working pros, either currently or formally, and the networking. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that's a part of it. I, I think that, uh, you know, Richard would probably attest to if someone just starts, you know, like Levi did, just emailing or you know, trying to reach out through social media, you're, you're, you might try to be nice and answer some questions, but it's a very different thing from when you get to meet someone in person and, and get a feel for them. Um, you know, and when there is a connection of, Hey, this, I like this person and they seem honest and trustworthy and they're very serious about what they're doing. Then those kind of, uh, relationships can forge. Uh, it has not been uncommon for partnerships to develop out of, people that meet at a boot camp. Um, and I don't, you know, the, the pros it's up to them. I'm, they're not here to, to, um, you know, provide unlimited advice or, or secret games with the participants, but, but, uh, some pretty incredible, uh, opportunities have, have come out of the, the networking that's happened. Yeah. It's a fine line, right? You, it's, uh, you have to, um, I mean, a lot of pros are willing to help and give advice, but you know you you can overstep that line. As I say, it's a fine line that you have to walk between being a complete pest. It sounds like you were incredibly patient, Colin, with answering an eighteen-year-old's questions. Um, so yeah, you just you just have to be careful there. <laughs> but, but I uh, still get letters from people saying that. They would like to take me to a comp lunch and pick my brain for two hours. And I uh, always seem to be busy that day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, but I, I get those too. And, and you know, I'm usually willing to answer questions, but it really pisses me off when people ask me questions that they could just Google and find out in 30 yeah. seconds, you know, or or if they just read a book, <laughs> you know. Um, but... So as I say, it's yeah, a fine yeah. line. You, it's you. I think I think yeah, you got to set some some boundaries there. Where you, okay, I'll help out a little bit, but but then when when there's a point at which I say, look, you know, I'm not I'm not available to. If I were answering everybody's, you know, question of what they should be betting, I, I'd be working for free all day. You know, so yeah. I think that's where the boot camp. It shows a level of of seriousness. People that are willing to fork out the money, which is it's a lot of money. Like I'm not I'm not pretending like it's chump change, uh, but it shows that people are serious about it. And I think that makes, you know, the pros take the people more seriously. Um, and, and that's, and then when you really get to know the person and hang out with them for a couple of days, you know, uh, it's, it's easier to network than just emails and social media outreach. Well, there's a lot of networking going on on the discord channel now too. Mm -hmm. Um, discord has been very active. All right. So I'm going to go back to our mailbag. If uh, Levi, Mitch, if you have a uh, response to this, you're welcome to participate in this. A player said his wife recently washed a jacket that he hadn't worn in about a year. And inside of it was a $500 chip that he had forgotten about. It was for a casino called Ameristar that has since sold the pinnacle and now it's void he takes it to the casino and they say those are old expired chips uh we do not cash them 
He wants to know what he should do. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, it's a really nice souvenir. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I, a lot of times in a lot of jurisdictions, you have six months to cash uh, chips for a place that changes like that. Um, and, you know, I mean, sounds to me like you're just out of luck. Uh, although, you know, there are uh, chip collectors, so maybe it has some value. You know, maybe it's worth five bucks or something on the chip collector market. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like that sucks, you know. But uh, other than possible, it, it, he was saying that he is a high limit player. Maybe talking to a host, they do something for him. But uh, I don't I don't think, you know, if he really wants to make a huge stink about it for the five hundred dollars, you know, he can try. Otherwise, it's just a business expense. Yeah. Yeah, if he is a high high rolling player, not a card counter that they've thrown out, um, but a really valued customer, yeah, it's worth trying to hit up the host. He might not be able to give you five hundred, but he might be able to give you some uh, free play chips or you know help you out with your airfare reimbursement or something like that. Um, All right, next question. This player plays blackjack and similar games, and he. F- for him, it seems like uh, the wins are very slow grind, but losses happen suddenly and quickly. He wants to know why this is. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the uh, negativity bias, you know, like uh, psychologists, economists, they talk about this. Uh, it's funny because some of my friends that have played and, and won, you know, six or even seven figures, we joke about it. If we didn't have records to look back at, to verify how much we've won, it would feel like we've won a lot less than that. That's what it feels like. So it's just good to be aware that there's this negativity bias and that you can kind of counteract it by saying, well, let me look at my results and see, oh, I have had winning days as big as losing days. It just, you know, you don't, you always remember the losses and lament them a lot more. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> and, and, and I would also add, he says he plays blackjack and other games. Now, I'm I'm assuming this guy is actually playing with an advantage because if he's not, then none of it <laughs> matters. But, um, you know, if you're playing other games, well, let's say those other games are carnival games or slot machines. Well, then by definition, you're going to have really big wins that come like in one hand or one spin, not, you know grinding out your win over time over over a long period you know what i mean so you're going to hit that straight flush or you know the the jackpot on the slot or whatever so but yeah as colin pointed out it's you remember the losses a lot more than you remember the wins yeah the rare jackpot is a is an opposite phenomenon of what he's talking about he's talking about wins being a long slow grind now video poker would be in the same type of situation that Richard was just talking about, uh, most hands you lose, and every 40,000 hands you hit a 4,000 coin royal. And so video poker is you tend to lose, 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 win, and lose, 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 win. And um, if you're playing appropriately, the wins happen often enough and big enough that it makes up for the losses. Um in the long run, doesn't have to happen that way today or this week or this month, but it definitely happens. 
learning to deal with the psychological swings of the bankroll is definitely part of um, staying around in this business. If you get miserable at losses because of the psychological problems, I strongly recommend you try a different hobby or different profession because losses are definitely part of the winning process. One last question, and then we're going to have some recommended. Uh, assume you have a clean ID, and but right now you have a small bankroll, and so you want to start out by comp hustling using your ID so you get free rooms and meals and stuff like that. Are there ways to comp hustle using ID and still have a clean ID later on? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, you can play video poker. You can play blackjack with a really, really small spread um, be, where you're getting your value from the free room and the food, not from winning money uh, at the blackjack game. So, so yeah. Play video poker, play uh, advantage slots, play, uh, you know, blackjack with a really small spread. And shouldn't be a problem. You got nothing to add. All righty. So uh, we want to thank uh, Colin and Levi Mitch. Now, at the end of our shows, we tend to have a recommended section. Richard, do you have anything to recommend? I do. My recommended this week is a browser extension called uh, Mindful. And uh, what it is, is anytime you open a new pad, I mean a new tab, it has your to-do list or or whatever your uh, reminders that you need. Uh, and Google used to have this uh, a thing that did this and they took it away. A few years ago, and uh, so this is the best thing I've found to replace that. So I, because I'm always writing things down that I need to remember, like what's my recommended going to be for the next show, and this way I can just open a new tab and see all my notes and or uh, you know books that I want to pick up or anything that I'm trying to remember. Uh, I use this extension called Mindful, so that's my recommended for this week. All right. And from Blackjack Apprenticeship, do either Levi, Mitch, or Colin have any recommendeds for our audience? Um, I don't know if you guys have recommended this before, but I love Freakonomics radio podcast. I feel like those those are our people. They think the same way that we do, you know, uh, how an economist thinks about things. Uh, even sometimes the, the title of the podcast episode sounds like it's going to be boring, and I'm never bored with one of their podcasts, so... Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I love their podcast too. Yep. I'm glad you did that. I've I've read both Freakonomics books, assuming there's only two, but I have not listened to the podcast. So this was a good reminder. Thank you for that, Colin and uh, Richard. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Levi Mitch. Thank you, Richard. Go out and hit lots of royal flushes, everybody. Good day. <laughs>